So we are doing Uddhav Gita. This is the last message of Sri Krishna. Chapter 9. And the verse is from 31 onwards. So Uddhava is asking a question to Krishna. And I think the answer will go on for I think 2-3 days. Maybe in our case. Hopefully it should end earlier. But I don't know. So, verse 31 from the Uddhav Gita, chapter 9. O lotus-eyed Krishna, please tell me how and in what aspect, personal or impersonal, a seeker after liberations should meditate on thee. Remember, the question has come from Uddhava. Why would this kind of a question come up in the first place? You have to think about this. There is the God Almighty sitting in front of him. And he has accepted it. Uddhava has accepted it that Krishna is the Almighty. And yet the question which came from him was how do I attain this God? So we have to first understand this question in reality. He is talking about personal and impersonal. How do these two separate out? What is this personal God? What is this personal kind of a way in which you can attain liberation for that matter? And impersonal. Every human being has a belief system. If you go across the world, there is a belief. Sometimes people believe that there is a God who is visible, who can come in the form of a stone or he could be in the form of a, a, a visible entity kind of a thing. You know, Maybe an image, a picture. So he may pray to that picture. He may pray to that image. Or he may meet this God in reality. He can, you know, like a human kind of a thing. Maybe shake hands with him for all you know. That is the personal God. The impersonal God is the one you can't see. A God whom you cannot even think of that he appears this way. There is no conformed way of thinking this is how my God looks like. It is because most of the scriptures that are there, they say that the impersonal Brahma is there. What is this impersonal Brahma? In some religions, it is said as nothingness or not there. In some places, it is called that. I am that. What is that? Nobody knows what is that. But they think it is that. An invisible, not distinguishable kind of an, not even an entity. So, it's an unmanifest kind of a thing. 
So these are two kinds. Then there are atheists, there are agnostics, there are non-believers. We are not considering that at the moment. We are only talking about believers. Somebody who believes in the manifest and the unmanifest kind of God. Whether it is God or what, like I said, nobody has any clue. Krishna has given this explanation to satisfy Uddhava only because he asked the question of liberation. Please understand this. If anybody who is keen on getting liberated has to understand this way then this path is open. Alright? It is like a general category path. You go around this way, maybe you will meet God somewhere on the way. Whether you are going to meet or not is a secondary issue. See? But this is the path. It is like everybody thinks that, you know, I will do research in applied physics or this or that or maybe astronomy or I will do in some kind of a subject. Maybe I'll write a book on economics and maybe I will get the Nobel Prize. How many get the Nobel Prize? That's a big question. <laughs> so liberation is like a Nobel Prize over here. You can follow whichever stream you want. Whether you are going to get it or no is a secondary issue. But there is a path. It's defined, you know, like, okay, you do this, 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 this. Maybe you will end up going there. So Uddhava's way of asking the question is for the people who are seeking liberation. Jo mukt hona chahte hai, the one who wants to completely dissolve, become nothing. Frankly speaking, this path is not at all recommended for the devotees of God. Okay? Devotional path is different. Devotion doesn't require anything. No. Nothing that is going to come up in this discussion for the next one or two days is meant for a devotee. It is only meant for people who are seeking liberation. I want to get free. I want freedom. But since the verses are there, I am going to explain them to you. There will be certain amount of technical spiritual knowledge. <laughs> so, if you do not understand that, my suggestion is you look it up in Google or some such place. Maybe you will find the answer there. Because I am going to talk slightly different subject. So let us begin. So verse 32 and 33 of chapter 9 from the Uddhav Gita. The Lord said, Sitting on an even seat at ease, with the body erect, Placing the hand on the lap and with the eyes directed towards the tip of the nose, one should purify the passage of prana by means of inhalation 
retention and exhalation of the breath and should also practice slowly in the inverse order with the senses under control. <laughs> See, though it's a very simple technique, but to understand it, I will have to explore a certain subject. The subject is, we have couple of sheets, five. We have already discussed that. Every human being consists of five sheets, three bodies as we call them. One is the external, which is what is seen, you know, which you can touch, feel and all. That body is called the gross body or what we call as the food body, the one which comes because of eating food. The second one is because of breath. You are breathing, isn't it? So, anybody who is not breathing is dead. You know that very well. So, even if the food body is there, you can see the body, but the person is not breathing, is dead. Correct? So, the second one, the second layer below this body is called the pranic body, the pranas. Third one is called the mind. A very subtle and a funny kind of a body. Nobody can catch it. To catch the mind is very tough for any human being. It is an extremely difficult subject. So we have another sheath which is called the mind. Then we have the intellect. The next one. That is the fourth one. And then finally we have the Anandmakosh or what is called as the happy body. Okay, we just have to feel happy about it. Because it is the most stupidest ignorant body of all. All these are coverings. They have nothing to do with the reality. Reality is beyond these three bodies. Beyond. It's beyond. It's just somewhere else. Now, a simple explanation would be a water bottle. See, you are not going to drink the water bottle. You are going to drink the water from the water bottle. Correct? So, the water bottle is only a storage device. Right? Exactly in your computer. You have a storage device. It stores. It is a sheath. It contains... But what it contains is something different, isn't it? Is it the same as the container? No. Now if I take the water bottle and try to do something to the bottle, maybe bang it, throw it, do something to it, do you think the water inside is going to say, Oh my God, I'm feeling very hot, you know? He's not going to say that. The water inside doesn't have that kind of an answer. Now imagine these five sheets or three bodies are just containers. What is inside 
may not even be contained. And that is the spirit soul. As we call it the Jeevatma. How do you reach the Jeevatma? Is a strange idea. Nobody knows. I can keep on hammering the bottle. I can keep on doing all kinds of breathing exercises. I can keep on doing all kinds of physical exercises. I can do whatever I want to. But I am doing it to the body. The physical body. Those five sheets only. Do you think if I do something to the five sheets, it is going to affect my spirit soul? There is no connectivity there, sir. Did you get it? Another explanation. I had given somebody yesterday. Let us say you are sitting in the car. All right. What needs petrol? You or the car? The car needs the petrol or the diesel or whatever. Right? The car has its components. Everything is happening to the car. The car is being driven from point A to point B. If there is an accident to the car or something happens, if you are inside that, you may get hurt. But you are a spirit soul. Why would you get hurt? The spirit soul doesn't interact. Physical body does. Okay. So you may be driving it. But whatever the problem that is there associated with it, maybe it's a puncture, maybe it's a, you know, there is no fuel or something like that happening to the car is happening to the car. Think, this body is like that car. Why should it affect you? You are not the car. Got it? If you are starting the car, if you are putting the button and saying, Oh, come on, start the car. The car is starting, not you. You are just being driven. So the body, body is a vehicle, a container, a vehicle. Whatever happens to the vehicle or the container has nothing to do with you. You are the different being over there. But since the question has been asked, there is a method involved. If I have to understand that, who is this sitting inside this body? Who is this? So I got to have some method of trying to understand, isn't it? So the basic idea of understanding who is driving the car, who is driving this body is the question. I am not interested in doing exercise. Exercise is for the body. You, you, do you get what I am saying? I may drive a BMW. I may drive a Mercedes-Benz, I may drive a Toyota, I may drive any car. What is the big deal for the one inside? It may be a very fancy looking car. But if every car is trashed, it is of no use, isn't it? Like the same way. It is nothing but a vehicle for transporting me from one place to the other. That is all. So, 
how do I understand the one inside? Now the biggest question is the car has to understand the one inside. See, the bottle has to understand what is inside the bottle. How would this happen? How is the car supposed to understand who is sitting inside? So how are these bodies supposed to understand who is sitting inside? I mean, think about it. Think about it. So the idea, I just now said the answer. Think about it. That is the answer. You remember you have a one, one place which is called the subtle body. There is a mind in it and there is an intellect in it. Yes, yes, you can use it. It is just like a computer. There is a program in it, right? There is a software. There is an operating system. The operating system operates. There is a memory. All these are components of that machine. One is hardware and one is software. Like that, this body has a hardware and a software. But that still doesn't say who is inside. Who runs the system? So, I have given you a lengthy understanding of first, remove this from your mind that through this method, going towards that is easy. No, it is not. Because you are trying to find out something which is a very, very strange phenomena. So, there is a there is a method prescribed by Krishna. He says, do this. Maybe you will understand. In this entire sentence, that is the entire paragraph over here, verse 32 and 33, the answer is in one word. If I ask you this question, you know, for just trying to understand IQ, which is that one word which will take me towards that? Okay? Sitting on an even seat, that means... You don't have a fancy place to sit. Okay, you don't have to have some kind of a contraption or some kind of a thing. You can sit wherever you feel comfortable. You can be sitting in a place where you are comfortable with the body erect. Don't slouch, don't slump, don't do anything which is going to be harmful to you. Sit erect. Placing the hand on the lap. Hand, both your hands. You have a lap. Place it on that. With the eyes directed towards the tip of the nose. See, your eyes are always looking this way. They are parallel, no? If they are not, that means you are having a defect in the eyes. <laughs> then you are cockeyed. The eyes are parallel. They move together. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, you have to look at one place, one. And that is supposed to be the tip of the nose. So, your eyes are anyway going to become cockeyed. They are going to go like this. Alright? I know you can't see because my got my glasses. <laughs> so, you see that the tip of your nose. One should purify the passage of prana by means of inhalation. First and foremost, you got to purify the passage. It means take fresh air. 
Now, all this I am just saying, but the explanation will follow. All right. You take in a breath. All right. Take in breath. And then, after taking this breath, remember, we are thinking about the second sheath, prana. Retention and exhalation of the breath. That means you want to retain the breath and then you are going to exhale the breath. That means... Exhale. Exhalation, you know? Very good. So, you should also practice slowly in the inverse order. <laughs> inverse order. That means exhalation, retention, and then, and then inhalation. Reverse order. Now, I will explain slowly. With the senses under control. That is very tough for human beings because you can't have senses under control. Now the difficulty which arises over here is how do you control the senses? It's a tad difficult because even if you say that I have closed my eyes, but your ears are open. Huh? You can listen to the sounds. When you listen to the sounds and your mother is calling, come down for breakfast. Your nose is also going to work. Isn't it? So this, <laughs> this is a little tough because of this kind of an understanding. I said to you, there is a very important word over here in this entire thing that I read out. Did you catch that word? No. <laughs> the understanding is, all that he said was take in the breath and then take it out and do this and do that. Okay, okay, I understand. What is the big word over there? The word is retention. And I said, do it in the inverse order, exhalation, retention, and then inhalation. What does that mean? Krishna is explaining the methodology over here. First and foremost, be very comfortable. The word retention has an extremely important meaning. When the pranas are attaining the retentive value. Retention inwards or retention outwards, that means you are not breathing in. Got it? You are breathing out, but you are not breathing in. You are just holding the breath. Hold. Hold your breathing. Don't take it in. That is the important part. Not the breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out will be connected to the five sheets. It is connected to the five sheets to keep it moving. Got it? The retention is not connected to that. Alright. Alright. Now I will give you the understanding from 
how the yogis do it. There are lots of yogis. Now, what do they do? The retentive capacity of theirs is they may take one breath in the entire year. Can you imagine that? They will take one fill. Finished. That's it. And then they may exhale after one year. <laughs> or they may exhale and not take the breath in for one year. Okay. I don't need the air. Okay. I will just sit like this only. You will ask me what is that they are doing? You see the retention means not connected to the physical body. When the retention happens, it is known by a word Kumbhaka. See, I am not going to elaborate on the techniques. I am going to tell you the spiritual meaning of this. Because you can go to any Babaji's and Guruji's of this world and they will teach you how to meditate. They will teach you how to go and do all kinds of, you know, breathing exercises. Anybody can teach you breathing exercises. Breathe deep. Take a deep breath. Exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale. They will call it by some name. It doesn't matter. They may call it by whatever name that they want to. Tomorrow you can start your own classes and you can call it by your first name. Raja Baba Inhalation Exhalation Technique. Okay. I mean, just saying, if your name is Raja Baba, then you can say, na, Raja Baba Yoga Center. Of course, I teach techniques called Raja Baba Techniques. You are a Baba Ji, okay? And your name is Raja. So, you call it that. Does it really matter? So, did you get it? So, anybody can come up with a technique of breathing. That has no value, zero value. It will only keep your body alive. Just like all those, you know, all the creatures in this world, they are alive. What is the difference between them and you? They are also breathing, you are also breathing. Right? Even the fishes are breathing. Even the plants are breathing. But does it make a difference to any of these creatures? Including you? Doesn't make. So the important word here is retention. None of this paragraph has any meaning in it. You are anyway doing a breathing. Now, gathering your senses. If your senses are not gathered, you are going to think about the outer world. If you are going to think about the outer world, you are going to use the body for thinking about the outer world. Got it? Then how will you understand what is there? Who is this? Jivatma. Who is this Jivatma? Who is going to understand that? I am the Jivatma. I am not the body. That is the understanding that you got to have. I am not the body. I am the Jivatma. I am that special person. So the only way of knowing it is through this portion called Kumbhaka. Kumbhaka means pot. So when you do these kind of exercises, the exercise has nothing to do with trying to, you know, 
go towards God. It has nothing to do with it. It is a breathing exercise. Even a cockroach must be doing that. Yaar. Come on. Alright. Even a rat is doing. Even the coronavirus fellow must be doing. Who knows? What difference does it make? To attain this special thing. Who am I? Who is this person? Am I this body? No. Body is a container. I just now explained. I gave a lengthy explanation that you are not the body. You are not the car. You are not that vehicle. To understand who is inside that is the most important thing. And to know that is a time where everything goes B-L-A-N-K. Blank. When does it go blank? For the great sages and the saint, I said they can take only one breath in a year. Does it matter? No, no need. They can retain their body also. The body is a container. The container can just remain over there. Hmm? You may ask me, how can they do that? Well, if a polar bear can sit in the ice for six months, I think our Babaji's can also do that, isn't it? Would you agree with me? There are lots of these creatures who might have gone to sleep. They can also live, no? Who says they can't live? The breathing slows down, they say. The breathing slows down and they are able to retain themselves. Got it? They are still alive. No, even if you dig them up after one year also, they are still alive. Why? They have slowed down their process of inhalation and exhalation. Metabolism. They say, okay, okay. All those things, words of science are there. So, this kumbhaka is important. So, when you perform the pranayama, this exercise which we discussed just now, like I said, I am not going to elaborate too much on it. He is given a simple understanding. Sit straight in a comfortable place. Put your eyes together to look at the nose. Okay? And then inhale and then exhale. How deep a breath do you want to take? We can have a count if you want to. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Oh, you have a still bigger lung, 7, 8, 9, 10. Go ahead. And then exhalation. Can you empty your lung out? Say 6, you know, again, you may do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And you may be like that. It can happen. So, whichever way you look at it, inhalation and exhalation is what you are doing. Today, you are doing shallow breathing, isn't it? Maybe you have to do a deeper breathing. To keep the body in a good condition. Good condition, isn't it? You have sat in a car. Okay, how do you know the car is in a good condition? Just by hearing the purr of the car, you know. The engine is running properly. You can hear. You can understand the car is running very nicely. And suddenly it gives a or some kind of a noise in between, you say, oh, the fuel is not good. Oh, there is a knocking sound. You know, these are the things that you say, exactly like this body. You do, <coughs> they will throw you out of the departmental store if you do that nowadays, okay? So don't do that. <laughs> but if you are coughing, 
if you are sneezing or something is happening, you yourself understand, no, maybe I am falling sick. You say these words to yourself, correct? So all that is connected to the body. Why are we concerned with that body? We have to understand that other one inside. Who has to understand? Me only. I have to understand myself. That is the reason why it is called know thyself. You are not the body. Who are you? You are the one inside. The one who is contained inside the container. So the contained inside the container has to know himself. Got the answer? So how do you know? Overcome the body. You are not the bottle. You are not the car. It's only in the kumbhaka that you can see what is inside. That means you are not doing the activity of breathing. Correct? Did you get it? In that place where you say this word retention, are you doing anything? No. So the exercise is to take the breath in and to take the breath out, cutting off all these bodies. Because the bodies are the one who is retaining you inside, isn't it? So first overcome the external body. That is why he says overcome the senses. Got it? So if your ears are hearing something, that means you are not doing the right thing. You are still trying to hear. Don't. If you think you are breathing and if you are thinking that I am breathing, you are thinking. Your mind is active. So any person who is doing the activity, has to overcome the bodies. First body that he has to overcome is the food body. Second is the pranic body. Right? The third one is the mind one. And the fourth one is the intellect. The more you are going to think, you know, Oh, I am breathing. You are you're an idiot. You are still connected to the body. You are thinking about the bottle. Got it? Yeah. I am that ignorant third one. You know the third one ignorant one. Which is that? Happy body. So all this you got to overcome. So now come to the next one. In the state of Kumbhaka. You have eliminated these bodies. When you arrive at the Kumbhaka, so the important part is breathe in, breathe out. In the retention, you have to increase the time taken in retention. Got it? Hmm. So when you breathe in, they say hold. Hold the breath. Exhale, hold it outside. Inhale, hold it inside. Exhale, hold it outside. That means you are not breathing that time. Hmm? So the hold is important. In the hold, in the kumbhaka, in that point where there is no nothing but retention, that particular portion, 
you got to keep on extending so if you are taking 1,2,3,4,5,6 maybe for breathing in so 1 second, 2 second, 3 second, 4 second, 5 second, 6 second let us, I am just giving an idea okay taking 6 second maybe holding inside could be 2 seconds you know 1 and 2 and then exhalation could be say 5 seconds or 6 seconds no, it doesn't matter whatever you do hold the breath outside that means you don't breathe in then you start the breathing. So if you are holding it outside for 2 seconds, that 2 seconds has to now become 3 and then 4 and then 5 and then 6. These Babaji's who are sitting for 1000 years, you know, who are not breathing, they are holding it for that 1 year. Got the answer? That is the way they commune with themselves. Commune means they are knowing themselves. The I know myself. This All this explanation is for you to understand that there is no great shakes in doing any meditation or this breathing exercise. If you can understand how to hold your breath. But don't try to put one thing on your nose and say, no, I'm going to hold my breath, you will die. Common sense will tell you that if you don't breathe, you will die. So to understand... How will you know if you die, sir? So it means something different. So we are going to move to the next verse to understand the differences. Alright. So did you get this point? Sense is under control. Now we are going to understand how this thing can be done. This is a little difficult passage. So this is verse 34. From the Uddhav Gita chapter 9. Krishna is giving an explanation to Uddhava. Raising the syllable Om to the heart by means of pranayama, one should add to it the vowel. The Om is like the continuous peal of a bell and extending in a thin line like a thread in a lotus stalk. Mm. Very lengthy one, but uh, you have to understand one thing over here. They are saying Om. What is Om? In the Hindu religion, you know, Om has a lot of value. The Om, everybody says Om, but nobody understands Om. They say, Om, they will keep on saying, you know, they go to some place, you will find Om Namah Shivai. Why did they say Om Namah Shivai? Why not Namah Shivai? So the Om is a very, very sacred syllable. Om comprises of A, U and Ma. Okay. Now if I say, why? It comprises of these three portions, one, two and three. A, U and Ma. It's a long one. It is called the Pranava also. It is called the first sound also. It is the thing which is also considered as God Almighty. It is the thing which connects us to the divine. It has everything to do with going to the inner being. You know, I want to understand myself like that. 
So, the vibration is what we are talking about. You see, the vibration which happens in the car, do you remember I was telling you, the car is vibrating nicely. You know very well that the car is running smoothly. It is creating the sound. So, this is the word which is going to take us inward. Some, Like I said, you know, you some of you may find it so boring, you may go to sleep also. Doesn't matter. Just say, oh man, go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> See, devotional path is different. At least it is sexy path, you know. I should not be using this word. Sorry, huh? you can, you can blip it. <laughs> this path is a little boring because you have to keep on saying om and all those kind of things and do exercise there no exercise there no om nothing 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 ah <laughs> so coming back to this om so om is a very very strange word we got to say it correctly why because the vibrations are reaching there they get lost in the Kumbhaka. When they reach the Kumbhaka, the tail is touching there. Ding! Like that. Now let us see how this Om comes about. If there is a still water somewhere, still water, and you take one stone and you throw it in the still water, have you seen there are ripples that come from the place where the stone hits that water? And the ripples come like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. Isn't it? They are basically like the sine curve. And the further that they go, they start becoming flattening out. Isn't it? Now think like that. You might have seen a prong. You know the musical prongs that are there in school also. You ping, they will do. And then that thing comes on. Or you might have seen a bell. When the bell hits like that, it gives a sound and the sound goes like this and then it pitters out. Exactly like that. So, the word Om is in the inward breath and the outward breath. Inward and outward. We just now did. Inhalation and exhalation. When you say this, if you have a small gap, that retention is only small. So what will happen is, oh, mm, finished. Hawa nikal gaya. And if you are breathing out, then is it just imagine you know, if I am breathing out just now. Oh, <coughs> I've finished. I'm exhausted. No, that extension is important to go into that kumbhaka. Did you get this? The extended version that that tail. Those who understand how om is written, you know om. You know how om is written, na? Like that. So the tail which is there, na, has to enter into the kumbhaka. It has to go and tap it over there. As a kumbhaka, I'm coming inside. Okay. And then it gets lost. Then it gets lost. This is the losing part is important. 
reaching that door and knocking on it, reaching that door of Kumbhaka and knocking on it is important till the point the Om is going on. Where does it get lost? Think what is happening in the universe outside. You know, all these days you have been seeing there are explosions in outer space. Have you seen that? There is a star which exploded. Doom. You can't even hear it. Right? It might have exploded. But that waves, electromagnetic waves or sound waves or you know light or whatever the waves that are there which are in the form of energy are reaching us. Even light is an energy. Remember this. It is still coming towards us and then we can see, oh, that thing happened in that particular place. I am still seeing it. Imagine, it happened there and the tail is still coming towards me. Did you get it? The explosion happened, doom, like that. In the sun. Somebody has written something. Can you just check? In the sun, there is an explosion going on. That sun is a star, correct? An explosion is going on. Can you hear it? No. But just imagine the explosion, doom, like that is happening over there. You can see the solar flares, they are shooting out. But the effect, is it not coming towards you? The effect is coming towards you. The solar flare or whatever energy that is released from the sun in the form of radiations and all these, is it not reaching you? Now think about it. I may be a billion miles away. It still is reaching me. I can still see that. So think, the Omkar that the sun might have done is still reaching me. I want you to think like that. I know I am giving a different answer for what you are thinking. This is an important part. Remember this. The more the extended version of the the vibration, vibration is the energy. It is going ahead and ahead and ahead and ahead and ahead. The more you extend, the more it comes to you. That is where we are searching for this. The Jeev Atma, the spirit soul is in that nothingness. Because we are still something, no? This is something. To search for that nothing is what we are trying. So, he says, when you raise the syllable Om to the heart, by means of pranayama, that means when you are breathing in, you are raising Om. As if, imagine the heart is the place from where the sound is coming. I know, I understand. The larynx and all that is involved over here. But I want you to think. Think the sound is coming from the center of your body. From the heart. And it is emanating like that. Right? It is emanating outwards. When the Omkar is happening outwards, what exactly is happening? We are doing that oh, ooh and ma. The mm, 
vibration is going on. When that is going on, he says, the vowel, the vowel is the last one. Mm. The Om is like a continuous peal of a bell. He is given that idea. It is like a continuous peal of a bell. Tung, like that. And extending in a thin line like a thread in a lotus stalk. Did you get it? The last portion is extending. Going towards. That is the extension which has to reach this Kumbhaka. So when you are breathing in, you are saying Om. In the retentive state, retaining the breath inside, you know you have closed your glottis, epiglottis or you have closed it, isn't it? Because you are not allowing the air to go out. Where is it happening? Inside your heart you can hear the See, Om. Did you hear afterwards what happened? No. Because that particular portion, that, that and then the sound tapers off. The tapering off is called the Anahata. Unheard sound. It is not heard. And the chakra which we are talking about, the place which we are talking about is the heart. Remember this. The heart, in the heart, the emanation of the anhata happens. Unheard sound. I have tried 50 minutes to teach you this. Okay. I am sure if I ask you, what did I teach? You were talking about some breath and something and then retention and something and then some sound and something. But you know, Guruji, all that went overhead. Good. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the idea is to reach the chakra called Anhatar. We have to reach there. Idea is to reach that place and think in that murmur. The last tapering of the waves. Remember we threw a stone and then the ripples came in. Where did the ripples go finally? That final point where it went is called the anahata. Unheard of. Never seen. Never heard. That unheard is the place where Kumbhaka happens. And that is why when you retain the breath inside or outside, we are one with this Anhata, one with the Omkara, one with the God, that is the one with our own self. You have reached the domain of yourself. Now I know where I stay. Where do you stay? I stay beyond the five bodies. The, beyond the five sheets and the three bodies. Got it? I have to know myself. So who is this person trying to find it? Me. I am trying to find myself. And that is what it is. Thus, this is the next verse. 
35 from the Uddhav Gita, chapter 9, the last message of Sri Krishna. Thus one should practice the pranayama coupled with Om 10 times thrice daily within a month. One will then control the prana. So if you can do this exercise, now imagine Krishna has given you an exercise and how many of you are going to be very punctual in it? I mean, just imagine, you got to keep a diary, okay? If you are doing your exercise at 6 a.m. in the morning, he said, you know, just, just think what he said. One should practice this pranayama coupled with Om 10 times, thrice daily. 10 times, thrice daily. Means three times in a day. So the first time in the morning, 10 times you do this. Okay. Then in the afternoon, you do once. And in the night, you can do that. So, 3 times in a day. Can you do it? Regularly in clockwork precision without missing a single day and not giving any reasons? I think you know your answer very well. I can never do it, sir. Nobody can do it. You see, there will be some great Maharatis over here who will say, I can do it. You don't know me. I, okay, okay. You please do. On the 29th day, they will say, you know what? Today, you know, I had a problem. See, I had to attend to my office work and in the afternoon, the whole, that entire time I was busy. I'm going to tell you one answer, sir. There are devout Muslims. Have you seen them? If they have to pray to Allah five times in a day, they do it. Even if they are in the middle of the road, they will stop over the, there. And I had a person with me who would put his carpet out there and sit and do. He never gave reasons. I was driving the car. That is why I can't do it. He never gave the reasons. I want you to become that sincere in this. Can you do that? Can you do this exercise of pranayama? Clockwork precision. If you are doing it at 2 a.m., it doesn't matter. Or 2 p.m., yes, you can do it. But don't say, you know, I was late. My my watch is not working. There is no battery in the watch. And my, you know, my phone, it was not with me. Don't give these answers. Precisely at the point, three times in a day, ten times, this inhalation, exhalation, inhalation, exhalation. Retention is what we got to extend. Remember these words. And while you are doing this inhalation and exhalation, you have to say the word Omkar. This is pranayama for you. Now, this all this that I said to you seems like little difficult because of discipline. Secondly, it seems like a little difficult whereas your breath is concerned. Why? Because we got to have even breath. The breathing has to be perfectly. The wave has to be perfect. Which means you need to have peace of mind. So because you are overcoming the mind. The senses. The bodies. How many bodies? Three bodies. Not one only. 
three bodies the physical one that is the one outside food the second one is the mental and the third one is the causal that is the happy fellow you have to overcome these three pranayama can be very very achievable in one month time if you can do it disciplined with a disciplined approach and this promise has been given by krishna do it exactly the way it is mentioned no going here and there precisely the way all right and when you do it achievement is possible thus one should practice the pranayama coupled with om 10 times thrice daily within a month one will then control the prana guaranteed do it in one month as a last thing i will tell you i have told my own disciples many a times when you give a promise you got to keep it you do giving a promise and keeping it for one month get up at 4 am in the morning or 3:30 am in the morning one month in precise condition precisely the time and you will be able to achieve the impossible in your world let me assure you that much 30 days in a row do it without giving a single reason if you have to eat your food at 1 am or 12:30 eat it for the next one month exactly at that time when you do everything in clockwork precision you are the best tool in the hand of god you know how many tools are working in the hand of god i just now gave an explanation about the sun the sunrise is precise on the dot correct the moon rise is precise the tides also come in and go out precisely the whole world works in a very very conformed manner it has disciplined approach the birds are rising the sun is rising everything is happening precisely in my world also if i say that my satsang has to start at 6 o'clock it has to start at 6 o'clock no one minute here no one minute there it is important you got to be truthful to yourself it is when you are truthful to yourself you will be able to achieve the impossible in this world and this is the word of krishna where he says within a month you will be able to control the prana so disciplined approach you will be able to control the external things also so we have come to the end of the satsang today tomorrow we are going to continue in the same tone like that so if you join up tomorrow remember we will be doing slightly different subject and that is a part of kundalini yoga okay so take care have a very good day and stay indoors bye